0: I am
1: shooketh that Wes is watching the moving pictures on television
0: (laughs) so Wes do you want them to go ahead and start broadcasting in black and white as well I mean how far back do you want to roll roll back the clock here
2: Good evening, okay. good morning, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us for another edition of Fantasy Impact today. We are talking today about the NFC West. We're going to be identifying some Davids, some Goliaths, looking at all the different... What I guess these are the positional players. Is that right? The the important positional players? If you play in an IDP league, everybody's important, I guess, in fantasy football. But uh, offensive side of the board, is that what we're looking at? That is.
3: Do we really need to get into the defensive side of the board in fantasy? <laughs>
2: Man, Bobby, you wanted me to join a defensive league with you last year or two years ago because you knew how obsessive and compulsive I was, and I just there was there was no way (laughs) there was no way I could do that right then, and I still don't know that I could do it now. Well, Tim Tim had a couple
4: of uh, or had a league that he invited me to that had uh, a defensive guy in it, Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, I I like the wrinkle that it brought, and it it helped me snag it helped help me snag a few dollars
3: it uh the league that i used to do i used to have a uh well for a while i had it you could pick any defensive player uh, you know linebacker defensive line uh, defensive back whatever then i just changed it to linebacker only
2: but it was fun I don't think in our show league that we have got defensive positions. We're just working on defenses, and I'm not going to let out the cat out of the bag at some of the defenses that I'm looking at this year, unless you guys already remember the little kitten that rolled out a couple of weeks ago whenever we were doing the NFC South. I am excited because this week we have got baseball starting up, fellas. I love baseball. We love baseball so much, and that's originally – one of the main reasons why we started doing this podcast, because we had leagues in baseball, football, all those kind of leagues. And we like to keep each other up to date on things. And baseball was always one of those passions that we have. Uh, what are you guys looking forward to the most about baseball? I
0: think baseball is God, a bellwether God, for sports wanna, this fall. So I'm actually so really on. excited about the experimental season. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that something crazy that turns out to be good, ends up sticking around in the game, but I'm also looking. I'm hoping that we literally have the closest playoff races we've had in years, just because there's not enough time for everyone to separate themselves. I just want to see us getting to the end and every single team fighting hard for a spot. That's what I'm hoping. I, what, do you, well, what do you
3: guys think of? Uh, what do you think of the um, artificial uh, uh, crowd noise? <laughs> And the fan cutouts.
4: <laughs> I think it's. I think it's great. I think yeah, the crowd some of
3: noise is. I think the crowd noise is fine. I I watched the one of the Dodgers intra squad games, and it, it actually felt more like a real game with the crowd noise. Um, but the the cut the fan cutouts were ridiculous like some of, some them, of them are, are a little so bit creepier
0: bad. than others some of them yeah. are like you know just kind of this random faces they're just kind of blurry, just shapes and then some of them it seems like they have like their season ticket holders and they've picked those exact people and stuck them back there and so you're seeing actual pictures of people who normally would be at the games that's just a little weird to me <laughs> it is super I, think, weird.
1: I think that's awesome it, it gives a uh, fan buy-in <laughs> There's going to be some dork out there with season tickets. It's like, look, Ma, that's me. I'm in that section F, row six, seat 22. <laughs> but, hey, Wes, here's what I'm excited about for the baseball season. I think it's a bellwether for, for professional sports and college sports this fall. I know we've already had some changes with um, football for the NCAA. However, I think if the MLB, after all their issues and they finally got it together – if they can pull off a season, a 60-game season, you know, the first 30 games, 30 days, if they do that well and keep players relatively healthy, then the NFL, I think you're going to see that kick kickoff uh, because there has been chatter about NFL players, not sure if the season's going to happen, et cetera, et cetera. But if they see the MLB doing it successfully and keeping players COVID-free for the most part, then I think it's going to be good for pro sports overall and you're going to see the rest of the sports season play out in a way that's better than what we probably could have hoped for
3: did you see that the nba um has reported they've had no positive covid tests since like july 13th since since they all started getting down into the orlando bubble there have been no positive cases so that i mean that's 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 a good good thing
0: it's, it's a little bit easier, I think, for the NBA, just because, you know, they have an end inside. They're saying you only have to be down here for so many weeks. So they just shut them off from everybody, which I think is the right thing to do. And they're showing that it's actually working really well. Baseball is going to be the first sport that starts up in the pandemic. So it's going to be interesting. Like you're saying, this is going to be kind of a tell for the rest of the sports that aren't going to be able to do this whole bubble thing like the NBA is doing. Cause the NBA is doing a great job with their setup. But MLB is going to be the pioneers for trying to do it with letting their players still be out in the real world. So it is. It's going to be a, a
2: tell for the rest of the sports how things are actually going to go. Now, the NBA bubble is not the real world. I'm going I'm to say yep. that right now. It looks like a fantasy world that people are playing on 2K or something like that right now. Oh, <laughs> they're <yeah>. even, they're <laughs> even making up barbershops and everything. Yeah, Bobby, they had to build- <laughs> Bobby, do you think there's any shot that we have college football this season. A lot of people are are canceling this season. The the SWAC, I think, just did it today. I I can't see us having a controlled environment for college players who do not get paid, who are not under the control of anybody, that that they have no bosses. They have no bosses.
4: I don't don't see a large-scale college football season being possible. Um, there's just too, too many variables. And, and I know the SEC and the ACC are going to fight it tooth and nail, uh, to, to have some something to happen, uh, this year. But I just, I don't see how and keep the students safe, um, and be able to make anything out of it really, because even just going to conference play, doesn't cut anything out that wasn't already there so it's kind of a stupid stupid thing to do just cutting just the conferences because it really does no good
2: but I think I think you're right on point with that, Bobby. I don't know how people would be able to rearrange their schedules. There's so much traveling involved in the college athletics, and plus you're going from cities. It almost seems impossible. So we may lose out on a season of college sports no matter what happens. That was Bobby you were listening to. Bobby, you can find him on Twitter, at Foster Fantasy. One of these days, one, one of these days, Bobby's gonna start up a little card business on Twitter. I don't know if it's a business. I don't know if he's gonna be bragging about his cards. I, I watched though the other day, Bobby, somebody was doing a package opening or something. I don't I don't know there's there's terminology I'm unfamiliar with in the card card world on Twitter, but he was opening up these these basketball cards. And he'd pull it out, and he had well-manicured hands, and, and he was just – he was showing the cards, and he was kind of giving a little commentary. And there were a lot of people on there tweeting things or, or at least messaging things at the time. And then he'd find one that somebody wanted, and he'd just put it right in the, little, in the little plastic container. You know what I'm talking about, guys? And he'd set it at the back of the table on a platform, and so it was being displayed. I think it was a Devin Booker card. A Devin Booker card. So you're gonna you're gonna be trying to do something like that.
4: I would love to. If I could make a business out of it, I would. There's a lot of startup costs to it, but um, the the uh, the pack break or the box break, yeah, uh, personal breaks, all these things that are popping up on YouTube and Twitter these days. I mean it's it's really been a a business boom for a lot of uh, baseball current manufacturers and. Uh, people just want to get into the card business because it's easy. Um, it's simple. There's low overhead and it's fun. I mean, it is a ton of fun. I've, I've joined a couple of clubs down here on the coast. Um, that I've been a part of and it's, it's just a really good way to get into the, into the card, uh, collecting hobby. And uh, not have to spend a ton of money looking for cards that you that you want.
2: Yeah, I, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you the recently, probably two years ago. That's this is recent, but but time flies whenever you got kids, right? And my mother, and I don't know how old she thought I was at the time. She she brought me home a big box full of cards, old cards that she said she got at the auction. Okay, And there was one of those Michael Jordan gold-plated cards or something in there. There There's a bunch of those big Griffey cards that I told you guys about at one time. So she found them, I don't want to say at an auction, a flea market. It wasn't an auction, it was a flea market here in Alabama. So that was was interesting. Maybe go to the flea markets down there to find some things. Hey Tim, you're at Z-Man Knows and you're talking about here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network getting into the entertainment side of things and you suggested for me I think one time, to start watching The Man in the High Castle. And so I did. I started watching The Man in the High Castle. I'm like on season two, I believe. It's pretty good, isn't it? I don't know what's going on. I, I can't follow <laughs> it. It's, it's very strange. But I do like the parallel universe stuff. I think that's the direction it's going. And people are oh, yes. time traveling or parallel universe. Don't ruin it for me. Because each day is a new adventure. Because I think I fall yes. asleep during it and I don't even remember what's going right. on.
1: I am shooketh that Wes is watching the moving pictures on television. <laughs> <laughs>
2: right? <laughs> well, we look forward to that and, and looking at some articles. And Tyler, you are being—you keep talking about doing something about basketball. We all got to do something about baseball because baseball is just right here around the corner. I did a baseball draft the other day. I looked at the baseball draft and I saw the pictures on there. And I was thinking, this is just like me looking through an old high school yearbook. I know who these people are. I don't remember why I like them. So I just started picking out the hot cheerleaders is what I started doing. <laughs> so, yeah, I, oh, I'll take that one. Oh, they, I remember them. Yeah, that's what I like. But, but Tyler, you're going to be starting some, some one of those podcasts very soon, I hope. And they can find you at T.A. Cambro on Twitter. Yes. I
0: hope to be able to get to do something basketball related. Ba- fantasy baseball is my favorite fantasy sport, but basketball is my favorite actual sports so i'd love to be able to talk some
2: basketball and tim Dude, they can I'd find to, you. i'd
3: love to join you on that
2: all right uh, at crimson apache is mark mark you are our producer of our show you're the one who tries to keep us in line you're the one who puts handcuffs on me whenever i start trying to talk about conspiracy theories and everything so uh why don't you tell our listeners where they can find the fantasy impact today podcast
1: yeah absolutely you can find us on acre fm you can find us on Twitter at fi today underscore. You can follow all of us, as mentioned. Uh, really what you, we need you to do is to go online to wherever you get your podcast and give us a five-star review and send us some feedback. Email us at fantasyimpacttodayyahoo.com and let us know how we're doing. And I like that you didn't have any notes on me. You left my spot blank.
2: Well, I don't know what you want to talk about. Uh, you, you, uh, you, I've given an open platform here on the Fit Network for you guys to basically just take a, and run with it, whatever you want to do. And Mark right now says, "I want to do everything under the sun. I'm going. I have two internships. I'm going to college at Vanderbilt in the fall. Uh, there's there's a lot of things you have going on, so I don't have anything right there.
1: Way too many. But I do want to mention briefly that I think we need to acknowledge as a group that Lewis Hamilton's probably the greatest F1 racer ever. He's he's won two or three races this year so far uh, out of four or five. So." Um, for my F1 fans out there, I'm a Lewis Hamilton fan, and you just can't beat his winning combination.
2: Uh, no, you can't. Lewis Hamilton, I'm telling you, that guy, he can make left turns and right turns like nobody else. At 200 <laughs> miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, I mean, That guy is something special. I- I've seen him... And I've watched him, and I've gotten down on my my on the floor, and I just hold a plate in front of me, and I just try and pretend that I'm him while I watch him going around the cor- the course. Hey, hey actually, <laughs> Mark, we can have one of those drop down tabs at FantasyImpactToday.com. Just for F1. If that's something you want to do, I am all for it, buddy. Fantasyimpacttoday.com. You can check us out there. You can listen to all of our past shows on the podcast. I think we have links for Instagram. We have Twitter. All that all that kind of Jimmy Jam stuff. But, guys, I want to talk about football. I want to talk about this NFC West, especially the quarterbacks to start off with. Okay? And I found out, fellas, one of these quarterbacks has the easiest playoff schedule and the easiest regular season schedule. Unfortunately, he doesn't really have a lot of weapons. Who, who Do you know who I'm talking about? I'm
0: going to guess Jimmy Garoppolo, but just looking at this.
2: Jimmy Garoppolo is correct. He is the, he is the guy who uh, has the easiest regular season schedule and the easiest playoff schedule. Uh, did you guys know and realize that Russell Wilson is the veteran quarterback of this division? I, I, it makes sense whenever you think about the other quarterbacks Jimmy Garoppolo, Jared Goff, and Kyler Murray. But all of a sudden Russell Wilson is now the veteran. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's a seasoned veteran, a lot of a lot of games under his belt. That's yeah, pretty, pretty impressive well- at 31. So let me ask you this. Bobby, I'll throw it over to you. Who do you want the least out of these quarterbacks?
4: I would say Garoppolo. Would probably be the least, um, just because they don't have much of a, uh, a focused on passing kind of kind of uh, scheme there right now, and like you said, there's 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 kind of a lack of weapons. Uh, I know I know Samuel and uh, the rookie Ayuk is uh, uh, are are up and comers, and they could have some re- really good years, but it's it's just there's question marks.
2: Do you guys agree with him?
0: Absolutely. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo last year was ninth, was ranked 19th in quarterbacks in attempts at passing. And then you already know he's not going to be much of a rusher. So you're taking out... He had 62 total rushing yards last year, and then he only attempted 476 passes. It just doesn't line up very well for fantasy points. Now, he did pretty well on the touchdowns category, but, you know, t- touchdowns for quarterbacks is... The the points are reduced, so most of the time, depending on your league, so he just doesn't have a lot of opportunity for fantasy points. So I'm leaving him. The, I'm leaving him on the waivers.
3: I wouldn't necessarily leave him on the waivers, but I would definitely a late round uh, quarterback pickup for sure.
2: Now for me, the least one I want is Jared Goff. I feel terrible about this because before looking at his numbers this year and analyzing last year's and thinking about Goff's situation. I was waiting around in a couple of best ball drafts to draft Jared Goff last or, you know, just just way down the line. And actually, whenever I looked at his stuff, he has the highest amount of attempts in the league. The second most completions, the third most yards. He finished 16th in touchdowns. And that might be because Cup wasn't there. But still, when you have that many attempts, that many completions, that many yards, but you're middle of the pack in touchdowns. I know Cup was this big goal line guy, but but still, it just seems like he's lacking in something. He was sacked 22 times. That's 29th best, but still threw 16 interceptions. So he wasn't sacked hardly at all, but he threw 16 interceptions. Fourth worst with only 15 throwaways. Nobody can catch the ball in L.A., and he was only on target 71.6% of the time. That's not good for a quarterback or an offense that plays that close to the line of scrimmage. I think he's a late round flyer at best, uh, but I would think I would rather have some of those younger guys with an unknown ceiling. You know, sixteen touchdowns really aren't that impressive with how many, with how many attempts he had. And that offense in L.A. is just—it's missing Todd Gurley. I—it's I, Brandon Cook's gone. I just don't know if I like Jared Goff as much as I like Jimmy G.
4: I'm going to tell you one thing: uh, the missing of Todd Gurley is not going to be as big of a deal as people think it's going to be. Kim Akers is going to fill in quite nicely in that hole. He will have a a, a decent, you know, a fairly decent line in front of him to, uh, to open up holes for for him to run, which he had none of in Florida state. None. When he did in in his uh, freshman year, he was lighting up defenses. So I, I think I think coming up to the pros, getting a good line in front of them, and a, a really good coach who's going to have um, a plan for him to, to run the ball is going to be something to help Goff open up some w- uh, windows to throw to his receivers.
2: And I know you guys were talking about Jimmy G, and I don't know why you're hating on Jimmy G so much. He throws tutties, like you said, Tyler. He throws a lot of tutties. And I think the main recipient this year is going to have to be Kittle, especially early on in the year. Fellas, George Kittle is the best wide receiver on that group, and I know he's a tight end, but he's the best wide receiver out of that that San Francisco bunch, and he may be the only wide receiver in that San Francisco lineup to start the year with. Uh, He only had 64 bad throws last year. He was on target 81% of the time. I think that's mostly due to all that misdirection that san francisco does you know they fake them out they kind of start going one way and then they go the other way and bam Kittle's wide open or debo was wide open or they're throwing those little running back screens or something like that it's kind of it reminds me of my trade offers to you guys you know i throw so many at you and then you guys get dizzy you don't know what's going on and the next thing you know bam all of a sudden you accepted a trade and you're like wait why did i just do that Except except Bobby. He he doesn't even look at my trades anymore. I think he just decline them every time.
4: Yeah, usually.
2: (laughs) Now fellas, I know that Debo is down, and I can't identify a ton of weapons there in that San Francisco lineup that we need that we need to get other than Kittle. But James Garoppolo the third has the easiest schedule in the regular season and in the playoffs. He finished eighteenth in the league in fantasy points last year. 14th-ranked quarterback, and he's being drafted as the 20th quarterback off the board. Now, I'm a couple credits shy of my fantasy degree, but there is an error in that equation. He, You could you could almost get Jimmy Garoppolo for nothing this year. For nothing. He's somebody I'm eyeing at the end of those drafts now instead of Jared Goff.
0: I would still be cautious there because you saw... San Francisco has a fantastic defense, so you know that they're hardly ever getting blown out of a game, if if even losing. So they're not having to play catch up a lot. And you know that they love to run the ball because their three main running backs last year, and yes, there were three, had only, I think, around 100 less rushing attempts, somewhere around that number, less rushing attempts than Jimmy Garoppolo had passing attempts. So you know they're going to run the ball almost as much as they're passing the ball. It almost feels like they're passing if they're they're waiting for that opening so you're really touchdown dependent on Jimmy Garoppolo's fantasy production he doesn't get touchdowns you don't get fantasy points so I hate having to trust a guy to put it in the end zone I know George Kittle's a great offense a great offensive weapon maybe Debo Samuel makes a good stride this year but if you're counting only touchdowns I'm staying away all
2: right so is there any discussion over who we want between Kyler Murray or Russell Wilson? Or are we all just going to side with Russell Wilson? I'll go I mean, Kyler Russell Murray. Russell Wilson's
3: got to be, I don't know, Russell Wilson's clearly the favorite. Kyler Murray is an up-and-comer. He could definitely, and Kyler Murray can definitely do better than what he did last year, I think. I think he's got the potential to do so, especially with the addition of DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I think he, they, uh, you know, with his rushing ability, I think, you know, they'll probably let him run a little bit more in uh, Arizona than Seattle will let uh, Russell Wilson run just cause he's getting up there in age now. Um, so they want to maybe, you know, that longevity they're starting, they're going to have to start to look at, but Kyler Murray, he's young. He can, he can get out there and do some things. So. I'm looking for Kyler Murray to have a breakout year. Um, but I still think, you know, if you're you have to choose one or the other, you gotta go with Russell Wilson
4: still. Yeah, the one the ones that I look at um is the interceptions. Uh, Russell Wilson has five or had five last year. Kyler Murray had twelve. Uh there's a little bit Well he of, was a
3: rookie last year, so I mean you gotta yeah. give him some so uh, I'll give I'll give him
4: leeway I, I'll give him some leeway, but you know Russell Wilson, being the uh, the veteran that he is now, knows when to throw the ball away, knows when to you know scurry out of the pocket, throw it away or check it down. He's you know he's not going to put the the game in jeopardy. He's going to make some wiser throws than Kyler Murray is. I would love to have Kyler Murray on my team. Don't get me wrong, like everybody else. I mean, he, he's going to put up some numbers, especially in fantasy. But, you know, I would rather have Wilson.
2: But now you got to factor in the draft position as well. They're both, you know, right up there at the top of the drafts for a quarterback. Number four for Kyle, Kyler Murray, number five for Russell Wilson, 55 and 57. So are you willing to take a quarterback that high or are you like me and like to, you know, not take a quarterback real high and stick around and wait later in the draft? It just depends
3: on who's avail- who's available at the time. I mean,
2: yeah.
3: if, if it's – so let's say you're – I don't know. It's the second round of your draft and pretty much the top running backs are off the board, the top uh, – re- some, some of the top wide receivers are off the board. Um, and a, you know, a Russell Wilson or Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, one of those are out there. Um, yeah, you you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't see a problem drafting a quarterback of those caliber in the second round. I don't, I'm still a stickler. You don't draft a quarterback in the first round as your first pick, um, You got to get a stud running back. You got to get or a stud wide receiver because those guys, there's there, you just have more positions at you know more spots at that position to make points at than just one quarterback slot. So
0: I think I'm taking Kyler Murray at his spot and not waiting because you're looking at a guy who last year in his rookie season. Had 108 total RPOs, run pass options. That means they called 108 plays where he had a chance to run the ball. And we all know how much rushing yards add up for a QB. He had 544 yards as a rookie. That's 5.8 yards per attempt. That's more than that's almost a yard. Uh, that's more than a yard more than Russell Wilson had. I'm not saying Russell Wilson did poorly. I'm just saying we're talking about a guy rookie season. And there's a lot to learn. There's a lot coming at him. And he started off slow. He had a very rough first few games. And he really turned it on, I think, the end. And so now you're talking about someone who's going to be more comfortable about opening up their playbook for him. He just got an even more lethal wide receiver option to be able to spread the ball out. Uh, He's got another solid running back who played incredibly well last year. So the offensive weapons, it looks like they're ready to open up that offense. And he looks like he's going to be a big part of it. The only thing that's against his rushing game is his rushing touchdowns. He's obviously not a goal line, punch it in kind of quarterback. He's a smaller guy, so he's agile. He can avoid kind of guys. so He's more open field. But still, you have to love that. That's probably going to take a nice jump in his sophomore season.
2: I, yeah, it's a copycat league, right? The NFL is a copycat league. I wonder how many teams are going to copy the Baltimore Ravens and the success that Lamar Jackson had last year. Kyler Murray is one of those quarterbacks that might be able to jump into that next phase of of being a copycat of Lamar Jackson. Something else I like about this, you know, they they're going to play interdivisional games against each other two times, so that's six six games. He's the only one out of this group that runs. Russell Wilson, he's a scrambler. He runs, but I think he actually looks to pass first. His scrambles have gone down. He is getting a little bit, uh, a little age on the tires. But Kyler Murray is the only one in here. Plus, that he actually has a running threat on those RPOs now. Kenyon Drake did fantastic last season with the Cardinals, and now they they have to guard against that. Plus, they have to guard against the RPO option of passing with DeAndre Hopkins. Being that slant guy, being the guy that that runs those intermediate routes, uh, very difficult. That that offense is going to be a very difficult one to handle. I think you're going to be safe. If you're going to be safe and you want two quarterbacks that you don't have to worry about the rest of the year, I know they're expensive, but if you're into that kind of thing, Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson will both pay dividends in my world, my fantasy world, of being quarterbacks worth their draft position.
3: I think in this day and age of the NFL, more than ever, the running quarterback is going to be more dominant than any quarterback in NFL history. If you think about, you look at, you know, people like Mike, Mike Michael Vick's day, you know, he was dominant, but it didn't last very long because back when Michael Vick played, those guys were killing the quarterback back then. Now, the league has, like, you know, toned down violence, as you, you know, if you want to say, like, um, where the hits aren't as hard as they used to be. They're not trying, you know, they're not trying to kill you anymore like they used to. It, it's the league is more dumbed down now. And I think you're going to start to see players like Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, these guys who can run out um you know scramble and, and run and make long plays and they're going to be able to do it for longer than a guy like michael vick did just because of the way the league is going so if you if you're looking if you're in like a dynasty league man if you've got lamar jackson or kyler murray you're set for the future i think
2: i would agree with you uh, here at fantasy impact today we like to cover all sports. We like to talk about all sports because we all pay attention to all sports, right? And the NBA, we talked about them earlier, in the bubble, getting ready to go. And there's news that, that's that been breaking out of the NBA, some weird news to me. Like Dorian Feeney-Smith, He's uh, his, his initials are DFS, and I love playing DFS basketball. I can't wait for that to happen again. I don't know how many quarters I'm going to put in the DFS slot machine this year with so many different lineups that are going to be out there. He's a small forward, Tyler, and Rick Carlisle said that they're experimenting with him at the center position because uh, Willie Colleystein, he's out. Dwight Powell, he's done for the season. Uh, how, uh, these lineups are going to be crazy. This is going to be a crazy tournament this next little off season or this next season that we have.
0: I guarantee part of it is in response to the Rockets, who are playing P.J. Tucker at center at a solid six yeah. foot six, six foot seven. So I mean, they know they're going to have to run small ball lineups, and you know Kristaps Porzingis is taller than all of them, but he plays an outside game. So you need someone who doesn't have that outside game to be able to play inside, or someone who's athletic to be able to defend all five positions. Because you put, say, if they had Colley Stein, you can't put Colley Stein out there on a P.J. Tucker who's going to shoot threes because then he has no defensive ability out there at the three point line. So I get, I guarantee this is guys responding to the crazy scenarios they've heard of from teams like the Rockets because the Rockets are a real threat to win this championship. So everyone is scrambling trying to see that they're ready for all scenarios.
2: Speaking of small
0: small
3: small ball ahead. is the new is the new offense in the NBA, you know. The, the Warriors kind of started that small ball type play and well, or I wouldn't say they started it, but they definitely made it legitimate, you know, championship type basketball, whereas um, D'Antoni had tried it, you know, before and with other teams like the Suns and stuff and the Knicks and it didn't work out well because they didn't have the roster. But then when the Warriors got it together, man, they were lethal at that small ball. And now you've got other teams trying to trying to copy the same uh, same thing.
2: I don't like it. I don't I don't like the NBA watching it as much as I used to. I don't like watching it uh, nearly as much as I used to. I like the stats, of course. We all like the stats. We all like the numbers. But uh, like DeAndre Ayton, it's reported that Monty Williams said Sunday that he continues to make strides as a three-point shooter. I don't care if DeAndre <laughs> Ayton has is making strides as a three-point shooter. I don't want him to. The only way we're ever going to solve the NBA's problem, and I think we're going to end up seeing ratings plummet at some point, they're really going to go down, is they got to get rid of the three-point line. And I'm not saying put in a four-point line, a five-point line. Ah, ah, No, no. I'm saying just get rid of it. Allow teams to have a more organic system out there on the court and work the ball inside because DeAndre Ayton's strength should be somewhere inside. That's all I. It, this is ridiculous. It's crazy, and I do not get fired up thinking that DeAndre Ayton is going to shoot me a three-pointer and win the game. I don't. I don't. No, thank you.
0: So, Wes. do you want them to go ahead and start broadcasting in black and white as well? I mean, how far back do you want to <laughs> roll roll back the clock here?
2: I, no, I'm not. I'm not Wes, going, I just, just I, trust me. You guys, I know you guys don't think, but if it ever happened. You guys would go, wow, this is kind of neat because they're shooting the ball from all over the floor, not just in two places, not right under the goal and not right behind the goal. Oh, I'm sorry, not right under the goal and not right behind the three-point line.
3: Wes, have you ever heard the phrase, the only thing constant in this life is change, right? Yeah. So the, the shooting big man is the way of the future in the NBA. You look at guys like Nikola Jokic, Kristaps Porzingis, these guys, uh, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant. These guys that are seven footers that can shoot lights out from from three. That is the way that the NBA has gone, and I kind of like it. I think it's awesome seeing a big guy step out and be able to shoot and be able to dominate down low. You got a big guy who can. I mean, look. You can look at a guy like Kevin Durant seven foot and he can shoot from anywhere he can also post up and and play down low he can't he's unstoppable from all anywhere on the court you can't stop him so if you got a guy like that i mean yeah you want if you got a big guy who can shoot yeah you want him to shoot
2: bobby you've known me the longest out of all these guys and you know one of the sports i hate the most is is ncaa basketball i can't stand to watch it because it is it is It is terrible basketball, terrible basketball, and to watch the offensive plays in the NCAA—that's all I see nowadays in the NBA as well. It's really hard to watch. I don't, I don't think it's as
4: bad as you, as you make it out to be. Thank you. I understand understand where you're coming from, being a a child of the, uh, of the '90s and in the '80s, uh, pretty much. I think, but, I think you mean the '50s. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, it, it's 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 different from what what we're used to as the, old, the older two guys on this podcast. Um, but there are some there there are some positives when you see really good players play these positions that are um, you know out of the norm. You know, like Tim said, Durant is unstoppable from just about anywhere on the court. You, you've, you really used to never see that anywhere. And, you know, it, it's, it's awesome. It's beautiful to watch, but you don't see a lot of it. So that's where you think it gets watered down is you just don't see a lot of it. Yeah. DeAndre Ayton, he, he never was that person to begin with. Now they're trying to help him become that person. So it it looks a little awkward. It looks a little, a little goofy or it seems a little goofy, but you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a good change. It's a good change.
0: Wes, I wanted to throw this out there for you. Fun fact. Do you know how many three point attempts DeAndre Ayton has taken in his career so far? (laughs) Two. Uh, No, but you're really close. Seven. He's taken a whopping seven three-pointers. Do you know how many he's made?
2: No, how many he's made?
0: How many he has made? (laughs) Two. Zero. He has made zero (laughs) three-pointers. He is 0 for 7 from his career. So, any three-pointer that he makes will be a stride... In the right direction as a three-point shooter, so this comment means nothing to me. He
2: can be I would one a
0: 100, and he will have made a stride as a three-point shooter.
2: I would rather watch a DeAndre Aiton and a Ben Simmons three-point contest than a Steph Curry <laughs> contest. <laughs> I think that would be hilarious.
0: So you, you prefer the humiliation more than the skill, is what you're saying.
2: Yeah. You can reach us at Fantasy Impact Today at yahoo.com. You can follow us on Twitter, fi today with a little underscore. New shows are going to be coming out all the time. You can even check out the website, fantasyimpacttoday.com. If you'd like to contribute in any way, you can email the show or you can DM me on Twitter. I'm at it on Twitter, and uh, all other Twitter handles will be on the show notes.
3: Hey, uh, you know, you're talking about the Chiefs, and it just got me thinking about Andy Reid. And then it got me thinking about one of Andy Reid's old players, Terrell Owens. Uh, Did you guys hear about what Terrell Owens did? I don't know if it was today or yesterday or whatever, but have y'all seen the video of him racing uh, Tyreek Hill in a 40 yard dash? I have not. You guys, Terrell Owens still has it. The dude could still play in the NFL right now. He ran... So he ran side by side with Tyreek Hill for a forty yard dash. Tyreek Hill ran a four three seven. Terrell Owens at age forty six ran a four four. That is insane. That is faster than half half the wide receivers that are in the league right now. Like somebody signed this man, signed <laughs> Terrell Owens. I would want to see Terrell Owens play again.
4: Running in a straight line fast might be a little different than running
2: some route trees. Oh come on, give me a, no! It's time yeah, to
3: see Terrell Owens play again.
2: It would be great, and and I, after what he did for Philadelphia in the Super Bowl, playing with I don't I don't know if he played with a fractured leg. I don't know if he just came back early. I can't remember exactly what happened, but man, he gave that he gave football everything he had. You remember he when he was trying football. to. Yeah, remember when he tried to sign or he was holding out or something he was doing sit-ups in his driveway <laughs> and stuff like yeah. that Terrell owens was good for football and i would love for him to come back in he's always wanted he's always said he wanted to come back and play this could actually be a year that that happens <laughs> this is true and and Terrell owens would be there with a with a 20 on a number 20 on too you know <laughs> just a 20 <laughs> on the front and a 20 on the back for year 2020. <laughs> all right, so quickly, let's look at tight ends and wrap up this show. Can we all agree there's not a tight end to own in Arizona? Max Williams is there, but we don't want anything to do with him, right? Right. Uh, so we can all agree. Nobody in Arizona is somebody that you want, unless, like you said, Bobby, you're in a pinch. It, it, the pinch would have to really hurt. <laughs> <laughs> do we need to talk about how great Kittle should be this season? Especially at the beginning of the year in San Francisco with Debo being out.
3: Oh, he's going to dominate.
2: I mean, he's going to totally dominate, right?
3: I mean, he's going to be the only guy to throw to.
2: I mean, he should
4: see double digit uh, receptions easy. And who knows how many yards he could pick up on. And, you know, get some of these weaker teams that he's going to be facing.
2: Tim, I remember facing you last year. And uh, I don't know if it was the fantasy playoffs or it was coming. It was it was pretty close to it may have been towards the end of the year. And you had Kittle on your team. And I was sitting there watching. And I want to say it was against the Saints. And he got a little pass to the left to the bottom of the screen. And they tried to tackle him. And he just kept mowing through people. And he went for about 30 or 35 yards. And it was a close game between the two of us Our a highly contested contest. And that made me so irate, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All
3: right. Yeah, he's he's the kind of guy that you know that it doesn't you can't take him down with one guy. You you got to gang tackle him, otherwise he's not going down.
4: Uh,
2: so let me ask you guys this about tight ends: Are you guys buying into the preseason noise about Tyler Higby, or is this just all smoke?
3: I mean, tight ends do have can make a lot of noise, so.
2: Oh, man,
0: we're going to keep going with those jokes. (laughs) Poor tight ends. They're always the butt of the jokes, aren't they?
2: (laughs) Do any of you want Tyler Higbee as uh, somebody, or or are you looking at Gerald Everett as being somebody who may contest for targets there in Los Angeles?
3: No, Everett's had his chance, and I think he's kind of lost out on it against Higbee. Um, I think Higbee's the guy I don't know if he's going to do a lot more than he did last year. Um, you know, with the likes of Cup and Woods and even Reynolds, um, for that matter, I think Reynolds could. Uh, I, I think he's going to take I th- Reynolds is a good wide, young wide receiver. I think he's going to uh, take up a lot more targets than, than he did last year. So I think Higby's going to be about the same that he was last year. I don't think you're going to see much of a difference with him.
0: He's just not someone I'm excited about. I'll put him on my roster if it comes to me needing a tight end, and, and towards the end of the draft, and he's there. But I'm not one of the guys that's on the hype so much that I'm I'm reaching for him around round or two earlier.
2: I mean, going going, it's eight tight end off the board. It that's just uh, that's just crazy to me. I, I don't. In that position, I always see something else that I want more than a tight end who I'm not sure who's in a bad offense with, with the worst quarterback in this division, in my opinion. There's no running game, which you may say, well, that's passing volume. I, I see no first downs for Los Angeles coming up this year. And I don't I just I'm going to stay really far away from the Los Angeles Rams. If Cooper, if I don't pick up Cooper Cup, I don't know that I want anybody. And, Bobby, one of your favorite people to – I don't know if you own them or you always tell Daniel, uh, another player in our league, to go get them. It seems like Daniel always ends up with Greg Olson on his team. Greg Olson is now in a new environment in Seattle. I don't think Russell Wilson has had a tight end of choice there since Jimmy Graham left. But last year, I remember Will Disley coming in and making a big fantasy impact in this in our in fantasy leagues last season. Now I see Greg Olson going there. Do you prefer Greg Olson in Seattle? Do you think that he's going to be able to make an impact?
4: I don't think he's going to be
2: anything more than he was in Carolina. Uh, he did pretty well in Carolina last he season. Did. Still, all things he considered, did,
4: did, did, he did do fairly well in Carolina, but I don't. I don't think he'll be anything more than that. Um, he he could break the top ten in in tight end uh, as a tight end, um, but it's it's not going to be something somebody I'm going to be just going out looking to pick up.
2: Well, right now he's going 23rd off the board and 212th overall. Uh, that's not, that's a pretty good draft position for Greg Olson. I could see him. This reminds me of, and I've been around for a long time. I remember watching football in the black and white era. Uh, Now, This this just reminds me of an older veteran coming in to teach Will Disley. And you know that Pete Carroll loves to have somebody like Greg Olson in that locker room. And Greg Olson is going to be great in that locker room. But to come in and and put Will Disley under his Seahawk wings and teach him a trick or two. But I'll see Greg Olson in there vulturing a lot of touchdowns, any touchdown that's in there. And I think that that's going to be really good for Seattle because you need that rallying cry. You need that person to win one for. You know, Greg Wilson. I don't believe, has ever won a a Super Bowl. He's been to a Super Bowl before with Carolina. But this is a great rallying cry for the Seahawks. And I love the addition on the field, in the locker room, from a fantasy standpoint. The only thing I see it doing is hurting Will Disley, but helping Russell Wilson. Thank you for listening to this edition of Fantasy Impact Today. You can follow us FI Today on Twitter. You can contact us, Today at Yahoo. Check out the website, fantasyimpacttoday.com. You can get in touch with us so many different ways. Just follow the links on there. Don't forget to leave a review. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And we always want to encourage you to go out and make a positive impact in your world today.